0: All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 19. Brother Jason, would you take my tithe back there? I would not preach without tithing, I promise you that. And I always forget that basket's back there. That's a good thing to have back there, but I forget the basket's back there. I expect somebody to come get my tithe, amen, but uh, uh, it's called ushers. But uh, we're going to get back to that sometime too. But I want to thank God for the good giving over the last couple of years or excuse me, year and a half. <laughs> been a couple of years. I hope it had been a couple of years, but um, we have taken on ten new missionaries during a pandemic. Our faith promise uh, met the goal, and we've had record uh, giving uh, during this pandemic. So I thank God for you. And I thank God for all of you that mail it in, wired in, or whatever, but folks. The work goes on. As a Matter of fact, the work's even harder during this pandemic. So it's more important that you give to encourage these missionaries. We don't want any of them to go lacking support. And speaking of giving, um, we have a $2 million need that I'd like to present to you. And uh, it's just $2 million is all we need. <clears throat> and so I want you to give next week towards this $2 million goal for not our church, but Vision uh, Baptist Missions. Amen. Uh, they are building a facility, about 64 acres of land, In Ball Ground, Georgia, which wasn't cheap, they've got 800,000 raised, and they're going to raise two more million, thank God, and they asked us to give an Easter offer, so I figured we'd give a couple dollars, send it over there, (laughs) amen, and um, I think that's great that somebody wants to have a missions headquarters where they can train uh, missionaries the right way. Most colleges don't have a clue, they got a professor that's never been on the mission field. My brother uh, Austin been on Mission Field for 20 years, built 60 churches, and it's a tremendous missions organization. And they need a training center to house missionaries when they're on furlough, and to teach them, and to house students. And they got 64 acres of land they purchased. Isn't that great? So, if you'd like to give a little next week, Southern Baptists give to Lottie Moon. I ain't never met Lottie Moon. I've I've looked for her all my life. I hadn't found her. And uh, that when I was a Southern Baptist. Uh, we gave Lottie Moon offerings once a year and some other offering. I forgot what it is. Brother Jeremy, you can tell me after the service. But I'm glad we can give to something we know. And it's out of our church. Vision Baptist Church is out of our church. They are they're a part of our ministry. So I certainly think we ought to give a part of that. And I, I'll try to show a video showing you the land. And it's wonderful. Well, I want you to pray for me. I don't feel like preaching this morning. <clears throat> but I'm going to preach anyway. Amen. And. uh I was out in the rain too much this week. Uh playing in the rain. No. Um good to see Miss Becky back. Praise God. She's the one that's been yeah. through it chemo for months and months and she's risked to be back here. She'll be in the spaced out section next week, I'm sure. Some of y'all don't need a section. Y'all still y'all all spaced out, amen. <laughs> but uh um I, I was there was a emergency in our neighborhood. Our neighbor neighbor's uh basement was flooded and she's very sick and her husband was at work and couldn't get off so. I said I was going to stop that flood. And I want to tell you something, I drank a lot of water. <laughs> no, I drank a lot of pollen. And so my wife says, you're going to be sick doing that. I said, I don't care. But I do now because I feel like a janitor in the drum. But I do not have COVID. I had that the first week of the year when I want to announce that. And all of you all looking at me like, oh, why'd you come? You got it. I ain't got nothing. I got a cold. Amen. And I got drainage. <clears throat> and I got a cough. And I ain't got no breath. And I'm 70 years old. And I just feel like dying. No, not really. I'm glad to be here. Amen. Amen. Come on, somebody smile. I'm trying to get y'all to smile. Some of y'all had not smiled all morning. I looked at you in Sunday school. I thought you was going to stare the teacher down. And I don't think you have to smile all the time because some things are not worthy of smiling. We ought to cry. But I think we ought to be happy we're here. Amen. Amen. And at my age, I'm glad I'm anywhere. Amen. I'm glad I can dig out a ditch and uh, pay for it later. And uh, it's, it's, it's a blessing. If there's something to do, I want to do it. I want to be a part of it, and uh, I'll probably go down with the flood. Amen. Just call me Noah. But anyway, let's look at John chapter 19. I uh, didn't mean to take that much time, but I feel I really apologize for my voice. Uh, brother Lamar always compliments me about my voice, my preaching voice. I appreciate that, brother. He said, you got a voice fit for radio and a face to match it. <laughs> Amen. But anyway, uh, look at you. Look at John chapter 19. I'm not going to get y'all to smile. I might as well just forget it. Amen. <laughs> What's your excuse? Amen. But John chapter 19 is our, our third utterance from the cross. And I want you to know, friend, this uniqueness is not in words, but it's who said it. Amen. Thank God for the deity of Christ. Amen. And thank God. this Tonight I'll be preaching a very mysterious uh, passage where it said, my God, my God. Why has thou forsaken me? God forsaken God. And y'all want to meditate on that a little bit and come tonight, and uh, I'll be preaching on the dark hours of Calvary. And we go back to Psalms 22 and we find out what happened in the the dark hours of Calvary. Isn't it wonderful to have the Bible? Amen. Amen. And thank God, friend, this is a happy portion because mother's about to be taken care of. All you mamas say amen. I think your children ought to take care of you as long as you live. Amen. And if you got a good husband, he ought to do the same. But look at verse twenty-six. Oh, let's go back to verse twenty-five, John nineteen. Y'all with me in the Word? Yeah. If you don't have the Bible, you're not with me now. Come on, get your phone out or something. iPad Bible. I like this leather back cover. Amen. It just feels like a Bible. Don't flash those phones at me. Amen. But anyway, look at the, look at John nineteen. Let's go with verse twenty-five. Let's all stand on the word of God, amen? We salute the flag. We we certainly can salute the Bible. The voice of provision, may I add the voice of passion. There's nothing like taking care of your mama, and you ought to take care of your mama, amen? And your mama took care of you for many years, so you ought to take care of her. Here's Jesus on the cross taking care of his mother. Verse 25 says, And there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. She had a lot to be thankful for. She's a demon possessed woman. But look at verse 26. And when Jesus therefore saw his mother and his disciples standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Here's a very strange thing he said, but I'm going to explain it. Woman. He called his mother woman. I advise you, children, not to ever do that. Woman. Behold thy son. Then said he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her into his own home. You may be seated as I preach a few minutes on the fourth utterance from the cross on the voice of provision. Father, thank you for the great Sunday School lesson, the great passage Brother Al had the privilege of teaching. And Lord, we are reconciled and we do have the ministry of reconciliation. And Lord, we are going to heaven because of your righteousness, not our own. And we thank God that all that constrains us to love you and to serve you and to be your voice crying in the wilderness. So, Lord, this morning, please give me strength, clearness of thought, voice, and breath to preach this message. And Lord, we're going to look forward to baptizing at the end of the service and just having a great day, coming back tonight and, and preaching on a mysterious part of the cross. My God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? Lord, please, please anoint and bless this message and this messenger for your glory. If there be one that's lost, please save him that's why you went to the cross. In Jesus' precious name we pray and we preach, all for your glory, amen. As I said, Christ is not unique because of his words, but no man has ever taught like Jesus. No man has ever preached like Jesus. And I will say this, friend, no man ever died and three days later arose and ascended like Jesus. Our God is still on the throne and folks he is absolutely God. In John chapter 1 verse 1, y'all familiar with the verse, aren't you? I want you to look at it with me in John chapter 1 and verse 1 the Bible says in the beginning was the word. And folks God, Jesus was the word to us. And thank God for that. and the Bible says also, uh, and, and the word was with God, but look at this, and the word was God. Look at verse 14 of John chapter 1. The Bible says this, and the word was made flesh and dwell among us. We behold his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Folks, he's absolutely God. Jesus is God, and God is Jesus, and God is the Holy Spirit, three in one. It's the Trinity. And, folks, you can't trace him. You must trust him. But I know this. God sent his only son. God sent himself wrapped up in flesh to die in your place. Romans 6, 23, the Bible says the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Somebody had to die. And thank God Jesus took your death. Tonight, I'll prove to you that Jesus took your hell in the dark hours of Calvary. He took your sin debt. The Bible says we're redeemed by his precious blood. So we're saved not by sayings, but we're saved by the sacrifice of the only begotten. And this is the third utterance of the Lord Jesus Christ. The first was a prayer, and the fourth is a prayer, and the seventh is a prayer. But, folks, the first was the prayer for his enemies. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then the second one was a warm and ready response to the appeal of a criminal who wanted salvation, and he said, Today will you be with me in paradise. Isn't that wonderful? Thank God for no soul sleep. Seventh-day Adventists are dead wrong on that. Amen. And so is the Catholics on purgatory. Come on. Folks, to be absent in the body is be present to the Lord if you're saved. And the rich man lifted up his eyes in torment if you're lost. And so, folks, not all the crowd was his fold around the cross. There was a few ladies and one gentleman that went all the way to the cross. His name was John the Beloved. And, folks, I want you to know he recorded these words, took some good notes, And folks, he was not expecting this, but he got a mama at the foot of the cross. And folks, I want you to see, first of all, this was a selflessness of the the cry. In this cry, there was no, it was humbly uh, not thinking of himself. He didn't pray for release, which most of us would. Amen. We're all release oriented. We want to get as far as away from threat as it can be. That's why some of y'all were in the basement day before yesterday. <laughs> amen. I don't even have a basement, praise God. But one time it got so bad, my wife and I, we put a baby mattress over our head and got in the hallway, amen. Praise God. I think y'all take some prevention, but I going to tell you something, I know the master of the wind. Amen. So and I, You can't threaten me with death, amen. I'm telling you what, a lot of people are scared to death. Well, I, folks, y'all don't be scared to die because Je- you're going to be with Jesus in a far better place but here's the Lord not thinking about himself. Most of us have said, hey, judge all these people. Lord, send one angel and wipe all these people out. But he said, Father, forgive them. And then he looks to his mama, excuse me, his mother. And folks, we see that he could care less about himself, but he cared a whole lot about her. And then second of all, we see the surfer, sufferer. He said, um, And it's predicted and prophesied uh, when Simeon looked at Mary and said, the sword's going to pierce your heart one day. I want you to, I'll go over that in just a minute, but I want to tell you something, Mary was probably remembering while she's at the foot of that cross, with four other ladies and a dear man of God named John. It's probably remembering the startling announcement that she as a virgin had when he says, hey, you're going to have a baby. That baby's not just going to be any old baby. It's going to be the Son of God. And I know you're a virgin because the bloodline had to come from God the Father. Say, so Amen. that's why there's precious blood that's untainted. But the angel's starting announcement that is that a vir, she is a virgin would become a mother must have been shocking. But she gave her body, she gave her soul, and she gave her spirit to the Lord. In Luke chapter 1. And folks, I can I can imagine at the foot of the cross, she was remembering that long trip that she took. And Jesus, uh, the week before Calvary, came in on the town in a, riding on a donkey's back. That's when we have Palm Sunday we celebrate. They put palm leaves down. He revealed himself as the king of kings and the lords of lords, but a humble king. And we see that in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, 913 years before the fact, he said, Jesus be born in Bethlehem. Well, they didn't live in Bethlehem. They lived quite a ways away, but there was a decree that went out that you need to pay taxes. How many love tax season? Say amen right there, Miss Stephanie, Brother Cody. My wife wasted the 14th every year to get ours into you, so I hope you're patient. Thank God, friend. Tax was good that day because it brought Jesus to the exact place that he needed to be born. And she probably remembered. They went to the inn and the inn said, we have no room and we're not going to make any room. You can go back here to the horse stable and be with the cows and let him be born in a trough. How many of you like to have your babies born in a trough? (coughs) I can't imagine having a baby born at home. You know, a lot of moms just have their baby. You know, right? Jesse, did you have your babies at home? No. Anyway, and you know, it's just amazing. I mean, praise God. But you know, for, you know, they think hospitals the only place to go. And it was born in a stable. She probably was. That was going through her mind. And then she probably remembered the time that oh, they were just minding their own business one afternoon at the little carpenter shop. And here comes some kings from Orient Art three, maybe more. They presented gold, kingship, frankincense, priesthood, and myrrh, death, or savior, to a little toddler, a little toddler. She probably remember that glorious day. And folks, she had those distinct memories. And I know she really had that distinct memory when, as Luke chapter 2 records, that she went to the temple for the dedication an old aged Simeon took Jesus and said, I have seen my salvation. And looked at Mary and said, The sword's going to pierce your heart. Her heart was breaking. And I guarantee you, she was a mom and one of a wonderful mom. And folks, we see that he said something to her that a lot of people have misunderstood. He said, Woman, behold. Thy son. Look at verse 26. You ought to circle that word woman. And Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved. And that was John, the beloved, that wrote this book, the Holy Spirit through him. And he said, Woman. And I want you to see the sovereignty of God. I want you to see that the Lord <clears throat> Christ knew one day that Mary would be. Wrongly worshiped, prayed to, trusted as the matrix for sinners. And the Bible tells me and tells you in 1 Timothy 2, 5, there's only one mediator between us and God, and that's Jesus Christ. Amen. No woman should be worshiped. And they call her the mother of God. They call her the queen of heaven in the Catholic Church. But I want to tell you something, friend. She was blessed among women, not above women. And so the Lord made a statement, woman. Mary, as a sinner, did not need the incarnate Christ, but she did need the crucified resurrection Christ. And so now, from now on, from Calvary on, believers would unite in Christ in a closer bond than mother-son. It was the bond of spiritual relationship. It was the Savior dying for a sinner at that moment. And folks, I want you to know that even at the wedding party, uh, when Mary came to Jesus and said, there's no wine, can you perform a miracle or something? He said, woman, how long are we going to be with thee? And It wasn't a disenchanting uh, t- terminology. He was saying, I am God. I know that there is no wine. And I know that I'm about to perform my first miracle. And I got it under control, mama. Amen, so he said woman. But at the cross, he said woman. The Scripture says that she should be blessed among women, but not over women. And folks, look at, uh, that's what religion does. It tries to lift up priesthood, tries to lift up preachers, tries to lift up celebrities in the pulpit. When folks, our, our job is to lift up Christ. He's Christ. He's almighty God. He always is and always will be. But I want you to look back to Luke chapter 1, verse 42, just real quick. Luke chapter 1, verse 42, the Bible says this. He says, and she spake out with a loud voice and said, uh, Elizabeth, cousin Elizabeth, blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy Wound. She said, you're going to be blessed, Mary, among women, not over women. And then I love verse 46, Luke chapter 1. You with me? Are you listening? If you say amen, I can't hear you this morning, but so raise your hand. But anyway, it says in verse 46, (coughs) excuse me, 46, Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord. My soul doth magnify the Lord. But I'll tell you where I really get excited in verse 47 of Luke chapter 1. And my spirit hath rejoiced in God, my... What's the next word, class? Savior. Folks, Mary had to be saved just like any other sinner. She's not the mother of God. She's the mother of Jesus. Get that straight. Woman. Woman. So it's necessary that he disengaged human ties and said, I want you to know, Mary that I'm your Savior, I'm your Lord. She knew it anyway, but he had to make a point because Calvary is where everybody's listening. Are you listening? He said, woman, behold thy son. So at the same time, he's putting her in her place, so to speak, but he's placing himself at Calvary with care and love and passion for his mother. You know what that tells me? Family is important. Relationships are important. But let me say this, friend. It's a sin against God if you put any relationship before the living God. And you could lose that relationship that you put before God. Fear God. And so, hey, he's saying, hey, listen. I want to take care of you, mama. And so I see the support, the great priority of home. In verse 27, it says, Then said he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. Isn't that wonderful? He's dying for your sins and my sin. He's suffering the the pains of hell and all the sin dead upon his soul. And he has time to look at his precious mama and says, Behold, John, your mother. From that hour, that disciple took her into his own home. Isn't that wonderful? Christianity will never rise any higher than your level of Christianity in the home. That's why we have marriage retreats. I'm counting the days. I hope nobody backs out. I hope everybody can afford it. If you can't afford it, see me. I'll pay your way with a little help from my friend. But I want to say this, friend. God help us. God help us this morning to realize that We take more home than John. We can bring the Holy Spirit home with us. Amen? He's the joy of the home. He's the peace of the home. He's the purpose of the home. He's the power of the home. Don't you just feel sorry for anybody that's not saved? Don't you feel sorry for anybody that don't have a spiritual relationship? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, the Bible says, Be filled with the Spirit of God. And then it says there's attributes of being filled with the Spirit of God. Look at Ephesians chapter 5. Don't look at me, look at your Bible. Amen? You'll get a lot more out of looking at your Bible than you will me. Go everywhere preaching Christ. G-E-P-C. That's how you find it. Amen? Not General Electric Power Company, but the Gabe corrected me. And so we got we got a new we got a new acrostic now, and I want to tell you something: go everywhere preaching Christ. I like that. So if you had not found um, uh, Ephesians yet, you haven't uh, got the second part of it. But look at Ephesians five verse eighteen: and be not drunk with wine, wherein is says, be filled with the Spirit. What does that mean, preacher? That means you're controlled by the Spirit. How many of you have ever been filled by anger? Raise your hand, and done something real stupid. Raise your hand again. You know, like put your fist through a door because it was locked. Get a ticket 92 miles an hour because you're mad at somebody in the back seat. I'm not saying that was me, but it could have been. Amen? (laughs) We do some crazy things when we're filled with anger. Hey, how about some of you men when you were dating? I hope you're still a little this way. Have you ever done something when you was filled with jealousy that you shouldn't? Have? Come on now, Lester Rolfe says if you don't, if you ought to love enough to at least be a little possessive of your wife. Your wives never jealous of your husbands, are you? But you're filled with jealousy. It'll control you. I know a man in the grave today because he was controlled by jealousy. Had a massive heart attack. That's how he lived every day in anxiety, and it killed him. He was a good friend of mine. But I want you to know, friend, here's a wonderful example of how you ought to take care of your family. Bring the Holy Spirit home. What happens? Verse 19, speaking yourselves in psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart unto the Lord. Folks, he's, he was hoping his mama would have a happy life and a joyful life. Let me hurry and say this. She did. Not because of John, because she took somebody home far greater than John. She took us, the Holy Spirit, home. Bring the Holy Spirit home. I preach it often on the road, and I preach it so often here, I can't preach it here anymore, but I ought to preach it again. I think I will this morning. We ought to have joy, and joy comes from the presence of God. And then it says, giving thanks always and all things to God, the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You ought to have gratitude in your home. You ought not take each other for granted. Children, let me, this is not Mother's Day, but let me tell you something. Honor your father and mother. It's one of the Ten Commandments with promise that your life may be long. You ought to honor your parents. That means respect them. That means love them. That means don't just go to church on Mother's Day with them. That means go to church somewhere every day and worship God and make them proud. There's some broken-hearted mothers in this room right now because they're, they're kids are not living like they were raised. And it's an insult against God and it's an insult against that precious mama that sacrificed so much for you. Folks, we ought to be thankful. The Holy Spirit makes us thankful. If you're not careful, you're going to take each other for granted in your marriage. You've only been married a few months, but don't ever take each other for granted. Amen? What a blessing to be married. Have children. Three or four at a time, praise God. Amen, that's fine. <laughs> say amen right there, Brother Peter. I mean, just, just have a bunch of them, praise the Lord. But I'll say, friend, listen. Home without a, the Holy Spirit is just a house. It's just, it's just a place to eat, sleep, and go to work, and come home aggravated, come on. Praise God, filled with the Spirit of God. You come home and love each other, respect each other. Then last but not least, it says submitting yourselves to one another in the fear of God. You know what bringing the Holy Spirit does? It allows you to fear God. And as Brother Al taught this morning, that means respect God. There's nothing that will honor your mama and your daddy more, children, than you'd respect God. Amen. I mean, when you live for God's glory and God's honor, it, it, there's no greater joy. Oh, some of y'all so wrapped up in your kids hitting a home run or shoot, shooting a three-pointer. I'm going to tell you something, friend. There's a lot of people hitting home runs and shooting three-pointers that are of the devil. And I going to tell you this. If the Major League Ball players boycott the uh, All-Star game in Atlanta because we want voters to be able to be identified, you can have the Major League Ball teams. And they can stay out of Georgia for all I care. Just thought I'd throw that in and make some of you liberals mad. But I will say this, friend. God help us. God help us to honor our parents more than we do some ball star. Some Hollywood star. Some of the Hollywood people are irate over what's happening in Georgia. They said we're not going to produce another film in Georgia. Well, let me just say this. Go back to Hollywood where you belong. Amen? Amen. This supposed to have been a nice sermon. Praise God. Go back to Hollywood where you came from. I'm not going to put up with a bunch of stinking liberals trying to run our good old state called Georgia. Amen. But folks, listen. We ought to honor God more than we honor politics, more than we honor presidents, Woo-hoo. senators, governors. Folks, he's God. And folks, only the Holy Spirit can help us honor God, fear God, respect God. And folks, you'll never even call him Lord unless you are filled with the Spirit of God. Isn't that great? That God helps you see who God is. That you recognize who God is. I want to tell you something. There's a heathen generation that's coming along that could care less what God thinks. I think our government thinks that. But I want to tell you something, friend. One day, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. And one day he's coming with the government upon his shoulders, the Prince of Peace, and praise God, he's going to set this whole place straight. And I'm going to tell you something, hellstones falling 125 pounds, water turned into blood, and I'm guaranteed he'll have the last word. Amen. And it'll be a word of judgment. But at the cross, at the cross, it's a word of compassion. It's a word of love. He sets a wonderful example for us because the next verse says, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands, as in the Lord. You thought I was going to stop at verse 21, didn't you? I would never not read verse 22. No, but it says, but listen to this. Verse 23 says, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be their own husbands and everything, but here's the key, husbands. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. I want to tell you what's so wonderful about bringing the Holy Spirit home. You can be like Christ. That was worth the trip this morning. I know some of y'all had to fight the, the war to get here with four kids and it was raining, and some of you didn't feel good, or if, if you don't feel good, I don't know why you're looking that way. But you know, you know, I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying that folks, husbands should be so much like Christ that you're not hard to submit to. I feel like I died and went to a couple's retreat this morning. Anyway, we shouldn't be, men, you ought to be leaders and loving, not Lord over your family, but I mean loving leadership that makes you so attractive that your wife wants to follow you. And you are the leader, wimp. You are called to be the leader of the family. God help us get more men of God that will be like Jesus. Not like Hitler. Not like a Marine sergeant. Like Jesus. Woman, behold thy son. John, behold thy mother. Jesus was a wonderful example, don't you think? You know what I love about Jesus? And I hope you appreciate this about me. Not that I mean we're close to Jesus. I want to be. He practiced what he preached. Ten Commandments. Honor thy father and thy mother. He was honoring her. And he was loving her. He was taking care of her. Christ fulfilled the law to the very end, especially at Calvary. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8. If you'll turn back with Proverbs, please. Psalms, Proverbs. We got time this morning. I know I'm baptized. I know you got a choir meeting. Praise God. Proverbs 1 8 says this My son, hear the instructions of thy father and forsake not the law. Amen. The law of thy mother. My mother set down the law when, when she was around. Amen. Yes. My daddy, you know the story, he got saved later in his life. But thank God that I had a mama with some standards. I think I thank God I had a mama that raised me up in the nurture and ammunition of the Lord and took me to church whether I felt like it or not. And I wanna tell you something. On Sunday morning, we didn't vote on coming to church. We didn't even vote on going to Sunday school. Praise God, we didn't even vote on going to visitation. My mother said we're going. Amen, Amen. Brother Darrell. You had a mother just like that. Amen. And thank God for her. Amen. Proverbs 23, verse 22. Proverbs 23, verse 22. I'll try to close. I got six minutes. What are you in a hurry about? Proverbs 23, verse uh, 22. <laughs> Look at it with me. I'm just glad to be here. It says, hearken unto thy father that begat thee, and despise not thy mother when she is old. Amen? I'll tell you what, there's one thing I didn't put up with. You can ask Jason. You can ask, you can especially ask Stephanie. I never put up with any disrespect towards mama. It was, it was execution on the spot if they ever even inclined disrespect to mama. Because I know how Mama loved them, and I know ma- how Mama took care of them, and I know how Mama sacrificed for them. And so, if I even saw a little eye glance, like uh, it was, it was, it was, it was on, it was on. And I know I pro- preached against discipline and anger, but I broke every rule in the book <laughs> when that took place. Because <laughs> Mama need to be honored, say Amen, and protected. And led. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, the Bible says in the last days there will be perilous times. And you know what one of the traits is? It will be children that are unthankful and disobedient to parents. Are we living there now? And also there will be unnatural affection. That means mama's not loving children like they should, deserting them and aborting them. That's sin. It's wicked. I don't care what you think. I know what the Bible says. Amen, Brother Al. I know what the Bible says. The Bible says life began at conception. One of the perils of the last days is children being disobedient. One of the perils of the last days is parents having not natural affection, abusing their children. You know, there's one thing I I, I don't have much patience with is people that abuse little children. And again, I think one of the worst child abuses there is is when a baby's in a womb and somebody, because of a career, says they're going to suck them out with saline or chop them in pieces and call it pro-life or pro-something, pro, uh, pro something, pro-choice. That's it, choice, not pro-life. No, folks, the choice was ended when you got pregnant. Say amen. It's just like on this uh, changing your sex. That was determined when you was born. Come on now, I'm, that, that ought to brought somebody out of the closet. I, I should have said that. Anyway. <laughs> there ought to be some amen somewhere around here. Right. Not only was he a perfect example of the love to his family, but he was a perfect example of how we ought to serve God. He said, John, I got a job for you. He extends human responsibility, human responsibility, and calls and said, I want you to support somebody. Look at, look at our text, and we'll close real quick. And I often wonder this, and God gave me the answer. To this I've been preaching 47 years, and God gave me an answer to a question I've had for years. Why did not the Lord assign the brothers and sisters of the Lord, even step brothers and stepsisters, I guess, to take care of? Them? Why John? And I'll tell you why. Why did he delegate to the to the brothers? I wonder why he didn't say, I want you to have this assignment instead of giving it to John. Well, number one, John was there, and his brothers weren't there. But I am of the conclusion that his brothers were lost. And I believe they rejected him. I want you to turn to Mark chapter six to prove it, verse three and four. Mark chapter six, verse three and four. The Bible says, "Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James? He had a brother named James. Why did James take care of? him? And Joseph and of Judah and Simon. They are not his sis- sis- and are not his sisters here with us. Had some sisters, and they were offended at him. His own brothers and sisters were offended at him. Probably jealous." But look at verse 4. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not not without honor, but in his own country, and among his own kin, and his own house. Folks, his brothers and sisters had an inward grudge towards Jesus. They did not believe. And folks, I want to tell you something. He said it straight in Matthew chapter 10. Verse 36. Look at it. Matthew chapter 10, verse 36, I believe it is. I might be wrong. I'm a little cloudy this morning. Y'all bear with me, please. Pray for me. Besides, bear with me. In uh Matthew 10, 36, the Bible says this, and a man's foes, and a man's foes shall be they of his own household. You ever had somebody real close to you turn on you because of your faith? Hurts, don't it? really hurts. But I want you to look at Matthew chapter 12 where he sets all this family stuff in place. Matthew chapter 12. He thought enough of his mama to take care of his mama. Don't you ever think Jesus don't want you to put your family second. But I won't tell you who comes first. Jesus. Don't ever think that you should... uh, uh, Take the gift of God, your children, and put them before God. My mother never voted on coming to church. She said, We're going. And guess what? She chose the church. <laughs> I didn't have, I said, I won't go over here where they're having some rock and roll, mama. She'd have beat me to death. No, she wouldn't have beat me to death. She said, No, you're going to this old-fashioned Baptist church. I'm glad she I'm glad she has some good sense. But look at Matthew chapter 12, spiritual sense. Matthew chapter 12, verse 46, please. Anybody interested in this? Amen. amen. Verse 46 says, While he yet talked to the people, behold, his mother and his brethren stood without, desiring to speak with him. And then one said to him, Behold, the mother and the brethren, the brethren, the one that I, you know, I, why don't they take care of her? Of her? And the mother and the brethren stand without desiring to speak with thee. But he answered and said unto him that told him, Who is my mother and who is my brother?" And he stretched forth his hand towards his disciples and said, Behold, my mother and my brethren. For whosoever shall do the will of my father, which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. He said, to tell you something. There's a more important relationship. Spiritual. Spiritual. Now, let's take it home, and let's be spiritual. But then you'll turn over to Acts chapter 1. I got good news for you. Jesus' family got saved. His brothers got saved. Amen. They didn't want to get saved for a while. They were jealous. In Acts chapter 1, verse 14, it proves they got saved. Look at Acts chapter 1, verse 14. This is interesting to me. I'm so interested, I'm going to go over time. But look at this, Acts chapter 1, verse 14, please. The Bible says, But Peter, standing up with eleven, lifted up his voice and said to them, You men of Galilee, why stand ye uh, dwelling in Jerusalem, and uh, be it known to you, hearken to my words, for these are not drunken, as the supposed to see He is, but the third hour. And this is the which is spoken by the prophet. And so, folks, we see that I, I'm in Acts chapter 2, aren't I? That's good, though. I told you that I was a little foggy this morning. Amen. I was fixing say, how in the world am I going to make that verse fit? Amen. Look at verse 14 of chapter 1. I'm glad some of y'all can smile. Just lower your mask just a little bit and let me see you smile one time. Okay, good. Thank you. Put it back up. It says in verse 14, These all continue with one accord in what? Prayer. And supplications with the woman and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. I believe, folks, that was his children. I believe, folks, that the children got saved. And folks, we see and thank God that she had four children with her that had come to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Woman, behold thy son. John, behold thy mother. Folks, he was God Almighty saying, Mary, I'm now, and I always have been, Lord. I'm God. I'm your Savior. And our relationship will continue by the Spirit. We'll have a spiritual relationship. But John, don't get so spiritual that you sit on your blessed assurance and just study the Bible. I got a job for you to do. I got a service for you. I got a ministry for you. And that ministry was, take care of mama. And I believe John did a great job. But I believe the Holy Spirit did a greater job because the Holy Spirit went home and married. Aren't you glad that the Lord was not condemning everybody and forsaking everybody and judging everybody? He was just loving everybody when he went to that cross. And he died in your place. And he wants you to have a happy family. But he wants you to have a family where he's Lord and he's love. Father, use this message. Thank you, dear God, for the strength and the sense to get through it. And I hope, Lord God, the word of God spoke. And I hope the word of God confirmed that you always will love us. And you'll never, as I'll preach tonight, forsake us, even in the dark times of our life. Lord, thank you for salvation. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the sacrifice of your blood. Thank you, Lord, for giving us families. I don't know what I'd do without my family. I Thank you for my precious wife, my four precious children, my 13 grandchildren. Hope soon to be 14. Oh God, please help us never to take each other for granted. And God, help us to worship you together and be faithfully serving you together. Lord, I am so thankful that my children want to be in church this morning. And I'm so thankful they want to serve you. And I'm so thankful, dear God, for a wife. Been such a good mama to my children. And Lord, I know that we probably wouldn't even be married today if it wasn't for your spirit. And Lord, thank you for your presence. And thank you, dear God, for your death. Thank you for your burial. Thank you for your resurrection. And God, thank you for your ascension. God, thank you for sending the Holy Ghost to us that will you abide in our lives and in our homes, in our marriage, in our relationships forever. Thank you, Lord, for Calvary. With every head bowed, every eye closed, how's your home life? How's your love life? How's your spiritual walk? Well, I want to tell you something, friend. Jesus paid it all. Jesus is enough and the Holy Ghost will accompany you and help you and guide you (coughs) if you'll only let him if you'll only yield so this morning have me say preacher I know I'm saved if I died today I know I'd go to heaven but tomorrow I can live for God's glory and have a happy home and better than a happy home have a holy home I know I'm saved would you raise your hand as a happy testimony of that all over this place? How many glad you say, say amen? I didn't ask you as religious. I didn't ask you as coming through Mary. I asked you if you come through Jesus. Several cannot raise your hand. You'd say, preacher, this morning, I get what you're preaching. The Lord is enough. His death, burial, and resurrection will save me. But I've never been saved. But I sure would like to be, and I want you to pray for me. You're not saved, but you'd like to be. Would you raise your hand for prayer? Would you think enough of your own soul to raise your hand and say, please pray for me? Anyone? Anyone? Now I want to close by saying this. Thank God the first word was a prayer of intercession from the cross. We ought to be like Jesus. We ought not be here just for ourselves. Amen. We shouldn't be here for ourselves. We ought to be here for others. We ought to be here for God's glory most of all, but there's somebody you need to pray for. How many know somebody that's having a hard time in their home? How many know somebody that's got lost children? How many know somebody that's got some backslidden children? How many know somebody that's got a backslidden wife or a backslidden husband or a lost husband or a lost wife and you want to pray for them this morning in the closing of this service? Would you raise your hand on their behalf? God bless you. Yes, yes, yes. God bless you. I wish you'd pray for a nephew that's breaking our heart. I wish you'd pray for Todd on my heart heavy this morning. I don't know what's going to happen in a few days ahead, but I feel like God's giving another chance. How about you? You got somebody that you're burdened for, won't even come to church, won't darken the doors of any church, I mean, won't follow the Lord and believers' baptism, won't be obedient, I mean, robbing God with their life, their glory, their time, their talent, their treasures, and they're just wasting their life. We ought to pray for them as a church. Anybody else? Real quick. Father in Jesus name we thank you for Calvary we thank you for the third utterance looking forward to preaching tonight but God I just can't get over how you took care of your mama God I can't get over how you instilled in John service sacrifice love and the joy of going on for God and taking care of Ministry. So, Lord, help us this morning. Those who couldn't raise their hand to be saved, save them. Because you did all that's necessary at Calvary. And, Lord, for all those that have loved ones that are breaking their hearts, oh God, oh God, help them to see Calvary. Help them to see Jesus. Help them to hear from the word, the loving words of Jesus. Lord, save their soul before it's too late. We'll praise you and thank you in Jesus' name.